Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen. Hey, I'm Ultra David over here, as always, in your personal apartment. Yeah. Uh, look, this was one of the toughest weeks uh, in FGC history, and we're going to talk about it. There's not a lot of other news to discuss, so mostly we are going to be talking about, you know, a bunch of terrible stuff. I just want to let everybody know that up front. That's basically going to be the theme of today's show, right. uh, as you can see in the topics up here as well. Yeah, I mean... Um, Okay, people are saying yeah, you on. need to be up in volume a little bit. Let me do that. Let me up your volume a bit. Try talking now. See how it sounds. Yeah. Let me guys. Let me guys know if you guys can hear David a little bit better now. Uh, but okay. yeah, obviously uh, this week is. Uh, oh boy, yeah. I mean, things have been kind of going nuts here, and you know, before we even get started on all of this, you know. One of the things that I do want to make sure that people understand as well is that, you know, I, I don't speak for David necessarily, but I'm just saying this on behalf of us. Uh, look, we're both just guys trying to make the FTC a better place. We don't have all the answers. We're not any sort of authority. So a lot of the things that we talk about today are, suge are going to be suggestions, theories, you know, all this stuff. And I wish I could snap my fingers and just all of a sudden make everything better, but we neither of us have that power. Um, a lot of it is going to come from you know major community changes and stuff, and the best we can do is offer our voices. What we say isn't necessarily like de facto. You guys, the community should do what we say. Like this is meant for discussion and ideas, and you know trying to get people to think about this and, and and try to start actively moving us in a direction where we can have this happen far less you know if we we could get rid of it entirely wonderful but you know that's not just by nature of society probably going to happen so well we're going to do our best for sure so uh the way that we're going to do this is we're going to talk briefly about what the news was we're not going to get into everything but there's certainly some points that we need to hit. And then we're going to talk about our thoughts on why this has happened. Right. What has led to this? What's it going to be like moving forward? What's the impact on the FGC? Uh, how do we think we can move forward? Right. What's, what even is the, the way to do that? Um, I, you know, well, I will want to talk about what I think are some bad reactions that people have had to this stuff. Uh, I will want to talk about a little bit more than that, too. Um, I mean, there is a little bit of other stuff to talk about. We'll talk about Knuckle 2. Not, not good news, either, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so let's begin by just talking about what the news was. So as a very general overview, over the past couple few weeks, in the world of gaming and game development, there have been a bunch of allegations of abuse leveled at people involved in that. Uh, that sort of migrated over to streamers uh, and to sort of online celebrities. And then people in the FGC did the same thing. Uh, in yeah. all cases, I'm glad that it, it came out. Um, but that was sort of the progression. And again, we will talk about some of these allegations, but we are not going to get to all of them. Probably the the most impactful single one 
for the FGC. With, yeah, for the FGC. For the FGC. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it has to do with Joey, Mr. Wizard, Quayar. Uh, who, again, I'm not going to get into the details of this. It's stuff that you can look into. But um, was alleged and basically admitted to, to um, kind of pedophilic behavior, you know, with, with an underage uh, person. And Joey has been one of the leaders of EVO for a quarter century. And throughout much of the recent decade, maybe a little bit longer, it's been Joey as the face. Yeah. of evo yeah um so that that the person you would have called the face may have been different earlier on joey was always involved certainly for the past decade ish he's been the one who's been out there you know whenever there's an evil reveal show he's the one who uh is revealing what the games are whenever there's uh some sort of interview or discussion to be had about evo he's there he's the one who does it so that's been something that's been going on for for quite a while he certainly has a or has had a strong hand in how evos run right it's not just the face yeah he, he has been deeply involved with the organization and the planning and uh, really all aspects of Evo are, are things that he has or has had his hands in uh, for many, many years at this point. Um, when that news came out, within about a day, people began to say that they were not going to go, they were, they were not going to do Evo this year. Obviously, it's not something you go to this year. It's all online, and it was scheduled to take place to begin this past weekend. Right. And Players began to say that they wouldn't do it. Commentators began to say that they wouldn't do it. The rights holders of the games themselves that were going to be played pulled out of Evo. And at that point, you know, if the games aren't playing, I mean, you can replace a player or a commentator. The games, if they're gone, you have nothing. And so soon after that, Evo 2020 was just canceled outright. Uh, additionally, Tony Cannon, one of the two brothers who has also, they founded it, um, has also been involved since the beginning, Tom and Tony. Tony will take over uh, much of the stuff that was done before by Wizard. Wizard is going to be removed entirely, so the phrasing is, Joey Cuellar will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity. We are currently working towards his complete separation from the company and have relieved him all of his responsibilities. Going forward, Tony Cannon will act as CEO. In this position, he will take a leadership role in prioritizing greater accountability across EVO, both internally and at our events. You know, when people pulled out of EVO, of doing a playing, commentating, whatever it was, the phrasing of it was, we don't want to be involved while Joey's involved, right? When we didn't know it was going to happen. Um, but rather than just getting rid of Wizard, I think at that point, you know, they had to cancel it, right? I right, mean, it was... Yeah. It, it, the, the, the rights holders were not in there, right? the games weren't in there. Just just tremendous, terrible uh, uh, news, you know? The, and, and I don't know how they could have really had, a, had the event at all. Um, so, EVO 2020 uh, canceled. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's hard for me because largely you know people are aware of this people know this i've been friends with joey you know we've kind of drifted apart in the last couple of years and stuff but you know previous to that i was very heavily involved in trying to help evo and run evo i was right. considered staff of evo for a long time before i started doing commentary and stuff and so needless to say that these this revelation kind of surprised me um, I 
you know, I said it on Twitter. I had no idea about any of this happening. I know a lot of people, you know, have called me out, like saying that I'm lying about that. But I can be 100% honest with you that, you know, I never got any word of this kind of behavior from Joey. He never tried to do anything weird to me or anything like that. That's not saying that I don't believe that this is happening. This yeah. happens, right? You You find out people that you didn't know we're capable of things are actually capable of really awful things. And so, you know, that's why as soon as I found out, you know, you, it changes your perception on someone. And, you know, I did say yeah. that I was going to pull out of Evo, you know, I wasn't going to do commentary for it because it's, you know, the right thing to do, you know? And so I, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I've talked with some of the other guys, too, and, you know, a lot of them are pretty shocked about the whole entire thing, too. You know, I know right now there's just kind of like this witch hunt going around where every... And I'm speaking... This this is just on behalf of, you know, a, a minor topic here, but I know a lot of people are trying to go after a lot of the Evo staff saying, oh, they knew, they knew, they knew. But, like, honestly, it was pretty big news to a lot of... to to pretty much all of us, as far as I know. Unless other people are not telling the truth to me, but for the most part, you know, everybody's been shocked by this. So yeah, it. it I guess Watson knew, um, and but what I've read in the last few days was that he has he had talked about it on stream before, although without specifically naming people. Right. Well, naming Wiz, but not naming the people involved. Otherwise, um, you know, I mean, I, honestly, I I hadn't heard about that stuff. Uh, I didn't know either. I mean, I thought of Joey as somebody who had a short temper. I, you know, I've, if I were if I were to have a criticism of him, it would be that. Yeah, I mean, there was. I, there I, was... I remember him in IRC back in the day, uh, you know, saying all sorts of off-color stuff. But all of us did. All of us were little jerks, and and I didn't. God, I would never have thought that uh, it would yeah. it would have been like this. Um, so. Uh, anyway, I would like to talk about the sort of bad faith stuff later on. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, true. Certainly, that's true. we, whatever, right? Um, that's the news. The the action came quickly, and I'm glad for it that the cannons moved in swiftly. I don't know what exactly it's going to mean to say that Wiz is... Uh, we are currently working towards his complete separation from the company and have relieved him of all his responsibilities. I don't know what that means exactly. I would imagine, I would hope, I guess, that it means that they're going to buy out his share. I don't know exactly how Evo is organized, you know what I mean? Uh, but um, what I assume it is is it's just like a private company. And in that case, if they want to buy his share, it, it's up to him how much he wants to sell it for. He has pretty wide berth when it comes to that stuff. Unless they can find like some specific you know, obligation or duty that he failed in as whatever his role was. And I don't know enough about it to, to say that. Um, so whatever, they're, they're going to be working towards it. I'm glad that that news came out fast. That's definitely important. But they're actually changing stuff. But that was not the end of the week, right? There have been so many allegations of just the worst things, of pedophilia and rape and sexual assault and grooming and racist behavior and just the whole litany of bad actions that people can take. And the the number is so great now that I've stopped counting. I mean, it's in the dozens, literally, of people who have done these things. Uh, a gigantic number of people, it turns out. Um, we are not a large scene, okay? 
it feels much larger than it once was, but we're not large. And way too many people were involved in this stuff. And it's, you know, it's every sub-community and it's every game, right? It, yeah. I haven't, I, I don't know if there's a sub-community or sub, or whatever, sub-genre of, of folks who haven't had somebody like this, haven't had some news come out. Certainly all of the game communities that I personally follow, it has happened. Um, so it's been everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the wizard stuff goes back 20 years. So some of this is very well, old. Not, some not, of it is. Some of it's very recent. Not even, right? just, is... not even just 20 years, right? Because Filipino Man had that tweet that came out recently that showed, I mean, if, if they could be verified as true, that it was happening even as recently as 2017. So I exactly, don't... dude. It, that this stuff, this stuff is still is still happening in yeah. the specific Joey case. Yeah, even more recently, of course. Yeah. But what what I mean to say that as an overall. Oh, gotcha, problem, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. It okay, is okay. It's you know it was happening this week, right? I mean it's yeah. it's extremely yeah. now. It's in no sense like an old past thing. We're still working through this. Right. Uh, it's still very much uh, where we are. Uh, I don't intend to get into every case. Yeah, there's too many. Uh, look, there's a Reddit. There's I, a... I, I'm not sure that I want to say the details of some of these things. Um, I mean, honestly, the truth is I was reading one of the Twitlongers, and uh, it, I mean, it was just very, very tough to get through. I, I, it was a gag reflex, honestly. Um, the the difficulty of having to live with some of this stuff as the victims of this abuse, the difficulty uh, for them of having to come out with it, you know, I... It just must have been terrible, and and I am so sorry that they were put through that. Because even for me, as somebody who was privileged enough to not have to have to deal with these things personally, just to read about their experiences was traumatic. It was very tough for them to have gone through it, and and then to have put it out there publicly. I just can't imagine. So thanks so much to everybody who did do that. Everybody who uh, had the courage to come forward with what did happen to them. Um, you know, we'll talk about sort of analysis of this, but extremely, extremely important that we now know what's been going on for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the, there's lists out there. People are maintaining lists. I know Smash has a list of all the allegations, and someone in the Twitch chat just mentioned that they're maintaining the list in Reddit Street Fighter for the uh, yeah. FGC. They're out there, and up. yeah, I mean, I clicked on the Smash one, and... I just looked down it and I it just was like was an endless scroll. And and the hardest thing about it too is it's you know it's it's everybody, right? You know a lot of people that you've known in the Smash community or even in the FGC that you would assume, you know, would do better aren't doing better. And you know, last week I talked about this and you know a lot of it does really just come from you know, without sounding too generic, but the, the, the great power becoming great responsibility. I've talked about how, you know, last week that when you get into that position of power, you get away with something small and then you feel like you can get away with something bigger and then you think you can get away with something even bigger and you start to feel more invincible. And it's it's a scary thing because when you're in these kind of positions of power, it's it's hard to try to keep yourself from going down that path. You have to be self-aware enough to not go down that path, 
The problem is when people start going down that path, they lose the self-awareness. You know, you and I have had this conversation a lot about how people, when they become wealthier or more powerful, they just naturally tend to lose empathy. You know, and I've literally told a bunch of my friends that if they ever see this happening to me, like, please come up to me and punch me in the face and just be like, you know, I literally condone them throwing violence at me that if I ever start going down that path to punch me in the face and just let me know and make sure that I, that I, that I remember, you know, who I'm, who I am and what I want to be for the community, you know, cause it's a dangerous thing. I, I'm, I'm definitely not immune to it. I'm sure it can happen to all of us. You know, I, I've been at events before doing commentary and I'm like, where's our food? Like, come on, I'm hungry, you know? And it's like, at some point in time, you know, when does that become like, where's my business class airplane ticket? You know, where is this? And it, it just, it starts to snowball. And I, I feel like that happened to a lot of people. And especially, well, you know, in the Smash community, where the hero yeah. worship is so big, you know. We're we're gonna we're gonna do the analysis stuff in a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say that it's people in every role, like you were beginning to say it a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's players, commentators, and it's tournament organizers, and it's bracket runners, and it's uh, people who stream, and it's people who just hang out. It's it's just it's in all the things, and. You're right that in some of these cases, I was very surprised. I would just would not have thought at all. Um, in others, I was maybe not surprised. Um, I was, I wouldn't have expected it even still, especially some of the magnitude of these of these yeah. things that did occur. But certainly, some of them caught me way off guard, and that's tough to deal with. You know, it's it's tough to. Again, it's this is primarily tough for the people who went through it. But as observers of these things for us, it is also tough for us to reckon with the fact that somebody we thought was cool, a friend, uh, at least a friendly acquaintance, if nothing else. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they are people who are capable of the stuff and, in fact, have done this stuff. I mean, that it's that's hard. I mean, it's there's there's a sense of betrayal. You know, there's it's certainly a sense of anger. Um, it's it's. It super sucks, and it happened to me several times this past week. I mean, over the past few weeks, it's happened several times. For people who I thought were good, good dudes, good, well, yeah. good people, um, you know, they did stuff that was real bad, and that's it is tough. But that's the news, and we, you know, again, we're going to talk about sort of analysis of this, um, and even to sort of just round it out, it's not just stuff that is happening at events, right? This is not... Some of the stuff that I read about did happen at events, right? It was stuff that happened while somebody was playing a game. It was stuff that happened in, in part, things that happened when somebody was playing a tournament match even, or was around for a tournament, or whatever it was, in the venue. But other stuff was not. It was at an after party. It was... Um, hotel rooms, you know, right? In a hotel room, right, right? Hotel rooms, yeah, plural for sure. Uh, it was at somebody's house externally. It was in Discord messages and Twitter DMs and text messages. <laughs> I mean, this is it is an all-encompassing sort of situation. This is not something that you can narrow down to one particular mm -hmm. location. This is just the the community culture, you know, wherever we were. 
unfortunately, is, is what the news has turned out to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, you know, I said I wasn't going to go through all the stuff, but, I mean, the, the stuff about Sky's house, I think, in particular, stands out to me as just yeah. abhorrent. Yeah, no, um, I was about to say, you when, know, you, the, when you mentioned houses, I was like, yeah, and yeah. one in particular as well. Yeah, so. absolutely right, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> somehow a lot of people were living there, or staying there, and he just ran it in this grotesque, hierarchical way, which is already gross-sounding, but then allowing for, or, you know, knowingly, I guess it, it, it turns out, some real bad actions in that house. Yeah. Uh, it just it just sounds like a like a horror like a horrific place. I mean, really, it, very very tough to read about that. I didn't even read about any of it. I I I couldn't bring myself to do it. I I just couldn't like I couldn't read it. And I know Sky had apparently a stream yesterday that was just, by all accounts that I've heard, is just was just like literally the worst thing ever. And uh, like I said, I just haven't been able to bring myself to consume any of it. I. I don't know if I'm strong enough for it, to be honest with you. Uh, I get it. I get it. You know. I, I didn't listen to the stream. I didn't watch the stream. I did read a lot. But I'll be honest, James, I haven't read everything either. There were certainly points at which I just had to put down a twit longer. You know, I just... Right. And I... Yeah, I feel bad about that. I, I feel bad that I couldn't... Just hear somebody who, who went through the experience and had the courage to put it out there. Part of me feels real bad that I that I didn't read all of it, but another part of me knows that that's. Uh, I have to practice my own self care, and I'm somebody who is, yeah. you know, has a history of my own depressive episodes. And uh, anyway, you know, again, I don't want to go through all of the allegations, but there's way too many. It's in all of the different roles of the FGC. It's in many different geographical areas. It's in tournament and it's out of tournament. It's just very all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the amount of it, to, to get through all of it, I think even if you were somebody who could stomach all of it, it's just a lot to do. There's just, there's just too much news. Yeah. I, like I said, I've been seeing a lot of the side stuff happening. You know, obviously, I'm only tangentially connected to the Smash community. And uh, yeah. I, I was even getting all the inklings of everything coming from there. And I just, like I said, I I had to check out. And I know, you know, there were times, obviously, during this past weekend that I just I just turned off Twitter. Like, I, I, yeah, I, had, I, one I had one day that I just had to turn it off. And I, I couldn't look at it. And it's been rough for me, you know, because, again, no, never mind. I'm going to shut up. It's not about me. It's not about me. Sorry. It's sorry. I... I, I get it. I get it. It is again the people who are primarily, you know, to be uh, felt for here are the people who went through it. Yeah. I think you can be honest that it's also hard to just read. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, it's. I. I, I want to make this clear. It does sound as if Smash as a scene had a particular problem, but I want to be real careful about making it seem like that was the problem, because this was clearly. Not just there; it was yeah, in yeah, all yeah, of the yeah, sub communities, yeah. mm -hmm. and even the people who I know from Smash, they also played other stuff, right? right. I knew them to play Caliber and Marvel and whatever else Street Fighter over the years. There is, certainly are some separations between the various communities, but there's still a lot of crossover as well. And many of us meet up at the same tournaments, whether we're playing one game there or not, right? Whether we're playing all the games or not. 
So this is definitely a scene-wide problem. Of course, more globally, it's a everybody problem. But in our scene, it's not as if any particular communities, you know, got away without having any of the stuff happening where they are. So, uh... That's the news. Again, I'm not going to go through everything that happened. There's just too much, and it's real bad. But there are great uh, resources for people who have compiled all of the news that has happened. And I think you can find those both on the Smash subreddit and on the Street Fighter subreddit. Those yeah. are the ones that I've seen. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to check it all out, that's where you can do it. All right. Let's get to the part where we start talking about this a little bit more. So... I would like to say right off the bat, and I'm sure that you agree, that I, I don't want to discuss this as I have seen people discuss it as some sort of death of the FGC. I don't want to see this being discussed as the bad thing is that the news has come out. The bad thing is that the actions occurred, right? And yeah. the news coming out, while tough to read, tough to get through, is very important. And it's absolutely something it's, it's that the we good need. Thing, yeah. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the only way that we're going to get to be a better community is to know what happened and to take those things seriously and to you know sort of reckon with ourselves and be honest with ourselves and mm -hmm. and try to make some changes moving forward. So for me, again, I know that you agree. This is not a this is not the end of the scene. This is not the death of the scene. It's just very hard. And we could use that to make improvements. Yeah. So, again, thanks so much to all the people who came forward with what happened to them. Right. I mean, um, I, a, a couple I'm sure it's of very difficult, but we appreciate it. Yeah, a couple of things to add on that. I mean, I said for the past couple of weeks that growth only happens with discomfort Right. You know, so all right. this news coming out and really making us I mean, like for me, I, I literally wanted to put out a tweet that was just like burn it all down. Like I, I like that's how I felt. And you know how I've been about the FGC. I've been, you know, Mr. Yay, FGC is great, you know, kind of thing. And I've reached the point where I was literally like just burn it all down. But, you know, that kind of discomfort that I feel about the whole thing is the first step in the growth to making it, you know, a lot better. The other thing that I want to say too is don't think that this is the majority of it either because there's still probably a lot of people out there who don't want to talk about some of the stuff that's happened to them that they haven't gotten to that point where they're willing to come forward and and talk about the things that have happened. You know, that's that's definitely still a possibility that there's more stories out there that we don't know about. And, I'm sure uh, there are. We, again, because now we have learned about a lot of this and have had kind of the curtain pulled back, we can start on the process of making it better, which is not an easy task. And again, no. we're, we're not going to have the, the solutions. You're not going to listen to our show and be like, let's do all this and everything becomes better. All we can do is just try to give our ideas of best what we can do. I think that's right. Yeah, we've clearly needed this kind of reckoning for a very long time. The fact that some of these instances go back a quarter century, you know, 
they did not take place this millennium. Yeah. That's just an indication of how long this stuff has been going on. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that this isn't everything that has happened, right? Certainly some stuff has not come out yet. I think it's just impossible to say how much there was because throughout all of these past many years, and I'm, I, you know, we both know people who have left the scene. Many people who have left the scene mm -hmm. over the years. And in retrospect, while I don't know anything in particular, I have to guess that some of those people had to, they were faced with situations like these, and it was either stick around in the FGC, continue to try to play games and hang out, and put up with this stuff, or leave. And so those people have left, and I don't blame them at all, and I'm not sure that we'll ever hear all the things that occurred because they're not involved anymore. Right. That stuff has been happening for a very long time. You, in many of these twitlongers that have been out there, people have said, you know, I'm not really involved in the scene anymore because of these things that happened to me some years ago. And, and, you know, right? I've left the scene because of this stuff. One thing I, and, I, I, I do want to add just real quick is that obviously right now the situation is a lot of sexual abuse that people have been thinking about. But, you know, in conjunction with the previous couple of episodes, you know, there's also yeah. racial abuse. There's all sorts of, you know, different kinds of abuse that can cause people to leave these community. And, you know, this we're trying to fight all of it this week, of course, we're focusing on the sexual abuse, but that doesn't make it so that we're ignoring all the other abuse that's happening as well. This is certainly something that is a problem in larger society. I don't mean to phrase this as if it's an FGC problem in particular, yeah, but yeah. we, as we have discussed when it came to the last few episodes as well, we don't have that much control when it comes to how things go nationally, right? Only a little, we just have one, one vote. But in the FGC, which is so much smaller and so much, uh, there, there's much less uh, space between people, right? And we have a little bit more control here, right? Individually. We can make a change in our community that's much harder to make on a global level. So mm -hmm. we, have, we all bear some responsibility for, for doing this stuff, for, for making the changes that we need to make. Um, let's talk about the impact on the FGC, right? Sure. Before we get to or why do we think this is happening, what do we want to do moving forward? What's the impact of this stuff? How does this affect how we're seen by people in other groups? How does this affect people who are in the FGC, more importantly, moving forward? What do you think? Uh, I mean, the worst thing that can happen right now is that it doesn't affect the FGC. That is the absolute worst thing that can happen right now. When we ask how does this affect the FGC, we have to preface it by saying that it's good that the FGC is being affected by this. Uh, how does this affect the FGC? Well, I mean, the first part, uh, you know, I think both of us have been, you know, pretty vocal about one facet that I'm sure both of us are going to change our minds now on uh, pretty heavily, which is, do we need a governing body in the fighting game community? And, uh, yeah. you know, originally I have always said no. One of my favorite things about the fighting game community is that it doesn't have a governing body, so it doesn't have the potential biases towards one community or another. However, yep. that was kind of a short-sighted viewpoint now that I realize it, because there's a lot of aspects 
that a governing body cover that you can have to avoid the other stuff. For example, I don't want a governing body to decide like, oh, what games should show up here or, you know, that kind of things. But in terms of a code of conduct, we absolutely need a code of conduct so that there is no more ambiguity and we need to have it written particularly clearly. I mean, we have lawyers in the FGC, I'm sure, who can look at these documents and make sure that, you know, the, 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 the wording isn't vague and such, but uh, this has to happen. The tough part about it is, is, you know, before all this stuff happened with Evo, would Wizard have been on that panel? Probably. Right. And right. how do we reconcile that, you know? How does that all work out? And that's not even an end-all, be-all solution, but... Regardless, still having it there, having a code of conduct there, I think, is important to establish. Um, yep, that sounds right to me. I, I think that well, another another aspect of this is I'm not sure how the rights holders react to this. We're playing games. You know, this is something I've talked about many times as well. Rights holders can at any time shut down what we do. If they'd right. like to, they could stop us from streaming, they could stop us from playing games in tournament. You know, we're kind of existing at their whim. What's their take? You know? All we really know is that some rights holders pulled out of Evo. Nintendo put out a kind of PR speaky uh, statement yeah. at request of BBC. I, I, I don't know. I mean... I'm not sure. I certainly hope that this does not mean that they're going to withdraw their games from other events. I, that's right. my hope, and I don't expect them to do that to uh, to withdraw their yeah. games. It's a possibility that they could do it, but I I don't want them to. I hope that they don't. I also though I also don't want them to be the sole sort of arbiters of what good community behavior looks like. Right. I would much rather that, as you're just saying, this code of conduct idea, I would much rather that be the purview of people in the scene. Mm -hmm. Some of the people involved in these game companies are people who come from the FGC, certainly. But some are not. And at any time, any of them could be fired or quit or move on. And so, to me, there's not much certainty that if one of these companies wants to be you know, sort of make their own decisions with respect to who gets banned, who gets not, or whatever it is. I don't want to rely on them. I think that that's unreliable. Right. Uh, for the same reason that I think that re relying too much on any sort of outside yeah, yeah, body yeah, yeah, yeah. is just not a good idea, regardless of what the topic is for the FGC. But I think that's one thing that I think I'd really not want. I really don't want to just rely on them. Now, they have been doing some of the work, right? The Capcom Pro Tour has banned people, as an yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, like, that... If they're part of the solution, I think that might be okay. I absolutely do not want them to be the solution. I, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. This I mean, if, the if community does, maybe they put some input into it. But in general, I want the scene to be. Right. In I mean, if it's at all possible, and if we can keep a lot of the some of the FGC presence in the you know Capcom esports division and stuff, hopefully they are just a part of the you know code of conduct committee. And, you know, they refer to the code of conduct of the FGC to and, and, and go along with them. You know, I don't hopefully that they have enough of the 
awareness to do that. Now, would a company like Nintendo do that? Probably not. But still, you know, I'm hoping that for the most part that the FGC still, you know, the community still yeah. holds a lot of the control. But again, you know, like we like like I said earlier, that's even kind of a weird situation. Obviously, there are people out there that I feel like that, you know, regardless of everything that happened, that, that there are people out there that I still think, you know, have the the absolute best interest of the community in their heart. And I would trust them. I don't want to name any of them and put too much pressure on them. But I think most people kind of know one of the people that I'm talking about. Because, uh, uh, you know, he, yeah, anyways. But, you know, I don't, I, I don't want, I, I want to make sure that people understand that there is a lot of people out there doing good. And you know what? Screw sure. it. I'll mention his name anyway, because I'm just about to mention Combo Breaker anyway. But obviously Rick Thayer it has just been a beacon in our community, in my opinion, and, you know, when I go to see uh, Combo Breaker, when I go to Combo Breaker, he's been very outspoken about making the tournament a safe place. Uh, he's been very outspoken about trying to improve the community, and that's the whole point of Combo Breaker's community. And you see it. You see it at his event when you are there. I can tell you right now, the race, like people say that there's no women in the FGC. Go to Combo Breaker. You will see that what you say is absolutely incorrect. There are plenty of women in the, in, in the FGC. It's just, can you blame them for not wanting to go to any of these events? Except to the event where the one guy is like, we do not tolerate this. We have safe rooms for you. You can come to us at any time. Tell us anything. We will make sure we help you, etc., etc. And you see it there, right? And so, you know, it's it's possible. We we can do this. And, and this is this segment for me is now just me trying to praise Rick, but I'm just gonna stop here at this point. So Well here's what I here's what I'd say about Rick. So I agree that he's done a great job and is is an important person. I also without airing too much of his laundry out there, I know that it's it takes a tremendous toll to be the only to be the the person the single person that people right. tend to look to. Mm-hmm. That takes a tremendous toll. I, I don't want to phrase it too strongly, right? People look to other leaders as well, but he is one of the main ones. That's why you brought him up. That is difficult for any one person. Yeah. And even though he has a great support network, it's difficult for his whole support network. Yeah. I mean... So this this is not something that can be on one person. Right. It's not something who can that can be on one tournament. This is something that we need to reckon with as a right. scene and make other changes going forward. It can't be can't be something that is just at one event this needs to be something that we make a big change uh, everywhere right i mean but that was that was the reason why i didn't want to just specifically name yeah. him because i don't want to put that pressure on him and in fact you know yeah. i you know i even tweeted out recently and we've seen you know we'll get into with the knuckle do situation but you know he just had a new addition to his family as well and priorities right. change in your life when stuff like that happens and I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. I, I just don't. You know? So talking about Combo Breaker, let's talk about Evo, maybe. Yeah. Uh, What's the future for Evo? You know, interestingly enough, from a community standpoint, I think Evo can come back. Uh, okay. If Evo can change itself, rebrand itself, and I don't mean rebranding itself in terms of like, Hey, let's change the name from Evo. Because if you change the name from Evo, I actually think that would be more suspect. Like, it would be kind of like, 
like, really? Like, you're trying that? Like, you know, I, I think it makes it seem less genuine, right? It seems like you're going from active gamers to whatever else existed, you know, kind of thing. Like, if you keep it as Evo, and then you change what the tournament is about, like, you try to maybe move it away from the glitz and the glamour a little bit, try to bring it back to a little bit more of the grassroots kind of stuff, and really start trying their best to cater to the players a lot more and cater to the audience. Because the interesting thing about EVO was they have that, uh, that audience divide. There's the players and the spectators. And uh, right now, the tournament really is actually a lot better for the spectators than it is for the players. You know, the players tend to have uh, a less enjoyable experience, like no headsets, they complain about that, the, the no practice stations, no 24-hour venue kind of thing. Like, if they actively, like, if, the, if making the tournament being a safer place and literally saying, look, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that this event is better, no more of these Red Bull after parties, we're going to do all this stuff, and it's, you know, we're trying to cater to the players as, as the main gist of their rebranding of sorts i think it can come back and I, I i hope it does of course obviously a lot of people know that i have a lot of you know uh a lot of uh nostalgia and a lot of emotional ties with the tournament but sure. you know from a financial standpoint i don't know it'll be tough because you don't change the name like i said you shouldn't but if you do change the name, if you don't change the name and stuff, will companies want to back you anymore? Will Bandai Namco come and give you pot bonuses for Tekken anymore? Would, you know, Capcom want to be involved? Would anybody want to have a booth there anymore? You know, right. that's, a, that's, a diff, that's a difficult area because, again, EVO was not funded by venture capitalists. EVO was funded by itself. And so if right. a lot of this doesn't happen ever no one buys booth space anymore and a lot and the first few years nobody's a lot of people are not going to go next year 2021 is going to be the smallest evo if we can even have an offline evo it will yep. be the smallest evo probably since 2009 you know right. and the question is can it recover from there and you know honestly you know and and this is this this is the truth without Wizard being involved, I think that can do a lot to bring back a lot of people's faith in the tournament because yep. a lot of the complaints, you know, from the poke chop incident, from, you know, just the way he generally, you know, treats people a lot of the times, you know, Wizard has always been one of the main reasons not to attend EVO. And uh, with him removed, I wonder if that actually opens up a lot of people you know, being willing to go if they see that it has changed and has improved. Well, I know people who are saying that. That yeah. thinking that it will be better next year for that reason. And that, well, here's the hope, right? Is that Tony's taken over. Tony hasn't been as involved as Joey, right? I don't know to what degree he's been involved, but certainly Joey's been much more involved. The hope is that Tony now hears about what people didn't like about Evo in a way that maybe he hadn't before. I just don't know. Right. And maybe he will make those changes that people would like to see. In addition, yeah, knowing that Joey won't be involved if they can get his chair or whatever, get him out of there, I think that does allow some people to feel okay about coming back. 
you're right that 2021 was already a big question mark. We're handling this COVID crisis awfully, terribly. And it's worse now than it was two months ago, right? We're, I don't have much faith that in 2021, in the year from now, that it will be done. The only way... I hope can... it will be better, but done? Who knows? Yeah. So, I, I don't, I just, it was a question mark already. The only the, the only way we could have an Evo next year if this is still happening is if it's Evo Europe and we ban all U.S. players. <laughs> like, there it is. Yeah, I can't commentate. Yep, for sure. I mean, not even a joke, right? Yeah. That's, it was already up in the air. So I could imagine it being quite small. Maybe they don't go back to the same venue, right? Maybe they don't, don't go back to the same... Um, especially Sunday venue, maybe. Maybe they change where they are. I think it will be a downturn, sure. I don't think it's going to die. That's my guess. I think that it's instead going to be smaller. But it, what I would want from it is to retain sort of the same feeling of it. There need to be some improvements, like we were talking about just a little bit ago. And I'm and I'm hopeful that Tony will help make that stuff happen. But I also want it to continue to feel like what it has become. It doesn't feel like Evo from 15 years ago. It's it's been its very own thing for the past I don't know, eight nine years at this point, right? Quite a while. I would rather see that sort of conventiony atmosphere continue, so that people who are the the many people who attend to play in one of the only tournaments they play in throughout the year or just to watch that they kind of have the same experience that they're accustomed to again with these right, improvements yeah. I don't want it to be a case of Evo and CEO and Combo Breaker and whatever Winter Brawl Texas Showdown I, they should all remain different of course yes of course of course and, uh, and I don't want Evo to sort of mime them I think that it should continue to be its own thing and I think that it can be I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I absolutely agree with you that I think it'll be smaller. Yeah, yeah, but definitely... again, I'm not saying like try to make it like Combo Breaker. I'm just saying no, like no. they need to do more to make it. They just need to show that they that they're they're more community focused. You know, more more there to help. Yeah, the players sure. have a good time and stuff. So. For sure. It's it, as far as the impact in other places, right outside of the sort of FGC itself. It's it's weird. My brother doesn't follow the FGC really or esports really. Like he'll watch Evo maybe a little bit each year, but not much. It's not a big thing for him. And he read about this, the Evo oh, stuff, uh, in some online publication he reads, right? Just some news, right, just like tech yeah. news. So there's there's clearly it has, it's reaching right it's going all over the place. It, like I said, Nintendo put a statement at request of the BBC. So I mean that kind of gives you an indication of the reach of it, and that's a bummer. But I'm not super concerned about that, and how other scenes view this. As I was saying before, this is something that's not just a problem in the FGC. Of course, this is a problem everywhere, and so the fact that we are grappling with it here doesn't mean that we are unlike other sub-communities, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, other parts of the world. No, it means that we are like them. And, mm-hmm. th- so, you know, gaming, streaming, wrestling, sports. I mean, I can, all, I can recall just in the past month, 
big news stories about, you know, bad actions by people in all of these things. So this is something that we're just all grappling with. And I don't particularly think that the FGC comes off as worse than any others. And on top of that, I don't particularly think that the outside view is what's terribly important anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, man. Um, let's... Well, Let's talk one, about one thing I, I do want to add to that, too, is that some people yeah. have said, like, oh, maybe we can have something else become a replacement for Evo. Like, Combo Breaker is the new Evo. So ah. the one thing that I want to kind of cut off at the pass there is that Rick has no desire for Combo Breaker to become the next Evo. In fact, right. I think he's kind of actively trying to keep that from happening and so, you know, let's not put pressure on it. I mean, I'm sure someone like Jabali would love to try to take the opportunity to turn CEO into the new Evo, but, you know, let's let it happen organically. Let's, I mean, if CEO continues to do big things and turns out to be an amazing tournament and keeps growing, then if that happens, it happens. If Evo can somehow make the comeback, if that happens, that happens. Let's, Let's not put the pressure on anyone else to do these kind of things right now. You know, as the fighting game community, you know, one of the things that we have been, that we're supposed to be good at, which I sometimes find we're pretty terrible at, is adaptation. And, yeah. uh, you know, just figuring out how to handle things as they come, you know. It's not, it's not always the best thing to ask for the next iteration of the game. Sometimes the current game is good enough that we can just patch it and get something better. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah I agree with everybody else. CEO's got to get out of Daytona. Yeah, anyway. that's right. Yeah, CEO going to Daytona's already. A, yeah. Oh God. I, you know the worst part about it is every time I think about CEO, I always think about the Wyndham. <laughs> you know, in my brain, I just picture it at the Wyndham Hotel. You know. Uh, I hear you. Man. I hear you. All right, dude. Let's talk about. Let's let's get into conjecture. Jeez. Um, <laughs> well, that's what this is gonna be. Yeah. Why is this stuff happening? I don't just mean in the individual sense of like somebody's twisted or whatever. I mean this is clearly a community-wide issue. Why is it like that? What do you got for me? Well, we both have sort of issues so, on this, and they're not too dissimilar, but I think it's interesting yeah, to talk about. Yeah, uh, apologies. I'm going to be looking to the side a little bit. I'll move the microphone a little bit just so I don't lose volume because I have notes, and I'm knocking everything off my table like my cats do. Um, I have notes here, so I just kind of want to talk, uh, look through these. Uh, I mean, one of it, a large, a large part of the FGC's problems, honestly, is that uh, it was founded and created by young people, and continues to be dominated by young people. A lot of the people who have grown up and become more mature have left the FGC. Uh, there's very few of us that are sticking around for it. And uh, it's a tough situation because, you know, it, it, it sucks, right? I mean, when you become older, when you, when you get older, look, I'm just going to say this from personal experience. That whole phrase, you'll understand when you get older, just really comes true because priorities change as your life progresses it's crazy and so you start to see things a lot differently the, the problem is the fighting game was created by young people and in fact a lot of the young people who have gotten old still have that problem where they're like man 
20 years ago, we didn't care about this crap. We just took it and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Basically, it was this whole scene has been generated by young people. Smash maybe even more so than the FGC, but that's not even necessarily true because Street Fighter 2 was mostly, you know, largely a lot of teenagers, you know, and, and preteens and stuff. And so as a result, you know, we haven't been taking the proper precautions as we get older as we got older to realize that, you know, a lot of the attitude that we had back then was wrong. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, you think to yourself, man, we said these things back. We're not trying to remove you from using certain words on commentary or, you know, from, you know, acting certain ways. We're just trying to acknowledge that we were idiots back then and that it's shitty and we should stop doing these things because we're smarter and older now. You know, we're not trying to restrict things. We're trying to make things better for other people. But I think that uh, the, the youth factor has a lot to do, do with that. You know, that, that it was created and mostly formed by a, a fairly young crew that probably did not have the proper education on, on, on what we should be trying to do with our community. Um, I don't think we had enough education in our community. And that comes with the code of conduct, right? Because we don't have a universal location for everybody to go to and, and, and find this information. That, that's one of the big problems right now. We have a lack of education in our community. I, I talked about during the Best of V show, and I know a lot of people were trying to argue, me, argue with me about these things, about having PSAs and having proper education and stuff like that. You know, obviously... We have a history of PSAs and, and these kind of things, you know, G.I. Joe knowing is half the battle shit that, you know, obviously doesn't mean much. However, if we make it a point in the fighting game community to have a code of conduct page and we put that and we agree to put that on every stream that we have, no matter what, like if it's an event... You put it on your stream at one point in time. Here's a code of conduct. Get all the big faces in the FGC to talk in the video and say, you know, make sure you check out this code of conduct page. Because what you start finding out from a lot of people is that, you know, when you read most of these stories, most of the stories have one common theme, right? I was young. I didn't know this was wrong. I heard that this person was just like that. These are all common phrases. If we have videos on the code of conduct site and we advertise these things and people go and watch them and a video literally says, this person is just that way is never an excuse. You know, don't ever, th if anyone tries to take advantage of you, contact us here. You can contact us anonymously, report things here. You can do, you know, educating younger people because the problem is a lot of these people don't have any idea and they're not sure if they're wrong or not. This, I mean, this is literally, I feel like the same problem that happens in Hollywood a lot of times is, you know, grooming the young people because they don't know. They're not educated. If we have these kind of situation where there is a place for them to go and to educate them on these kind of things, and like I said, put it on every site, you know, and, and literally say, if anybody ever makes you feel comfortable at an event, check our code of conduct, watch our videos, check all these things out over here, blah, 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 thanks for watching, boom, and then keep going with the rest of the tournament. You know, these kind of things, I think that would go a long way to helping a lot of this. I just feel like we don't have any education on this. We have no warning. There's nowhere out there 
that we can point anyone to that says, look, if someone's doing something like this, come talk to someone in charge. That just doesn't exist. And I feel like that that's something that we need to do. Uh, that's a solution, obviously, but a solution addressing why we're kind of in this situation. And again, not enough repercussions for people who have committed problems before. It's only been recently that we've started, you know, issuing bans and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about who cares what happens outside of the event itself. You know, like that's yeah. a, a phrase that you see thrown around a lot of the times. And, you know, that's, that's just, it's just, it's not a valid excuse. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. You don't want to go, you can't go and police everybody and go, oh, let's go and do a background check on everybody, et cetera, et cetera. That's not what this is calling for. What this is calling for is that when something happens and we learn about it, that we do something about it. We can't know about everything. That's impossible. And that's not the goal of a code of conduct or a goal of, you know, trying to make sure bad people are in our, in our community. We can only handle the situations that we know about, right? And again, you know, until then, we have to treat everybody fairly. But as soon as we find out something, make sure that we have, you know, actual repercussions for it. And one of the things that I think is really, really, really important about this and, and I think one of the reasons why it's hard for a lot of people to accept this and what's going on and why there is this idea of the word canceled culture being thrown around so much is because the phrasing of this and the way that all this stuff gets announced is always presented in a negative aspect, right? Whenever we talk about something like this, this player is banned. You can no longer use this word on stream. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's always kind of presented in this fashion that is negative. And so a lot of people don't like being told what to do. I should be able to say this. I should. What is this? What we have to start understanding and what we have to start presenting is that all of this stuff is happening because we're trying to do things better. Instead of saying we're banning people or canceling people, we have to say that by removing this person from our community space we have now allowed a lot more people to attend our events we have allowed people to feel safer at our event because they can see now that bad behavior is being punished you know we want to say you know uh, we are enabling more fans to come in and enjoy the community you know, that's kind of the language that I feel like we need to, to have out there because a lot of people are seeing it all as a negative. You know, we can't use this word on commentary. No, we're not missing that word on commentary. We never cared about that word on commentary. We're better off without it. And now more people can enjoy our content. You know, that's, I feel like, is kind of a one of those ways that I feel like we want to do things. And again, it's not about like hiding things. It's not about like trying to make everything seem like rainbows and puppies and stuff like that. But, you know, I just feel like the, the language of trying to make the community better comes off as too aggressive and too, too negative a lot of the times. And we don't focus enough on the positives. Honestly, I think, I think that's something that's important. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, in my view, this stuff basically extends back to people in the arcades. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff 
is about allegations or instances that occurred in or outside of arcades, right? And I think that that stuff was set very early, that sort of culture. Um, there's stuff that we've always liked about arcade culture, but I think that in retrospect, too many of us remember the stuff that we didn't actually like at the time, or that certainly I didn't actually like at the time. Maybe some people did. Did you see the stupid tweet that Jaxel put out a while ago where he was sort of lionizing the idea that everybody was a racist jerk to each other back in the day in the FGC? <laughs> Horrible. Yes. Uh, just an idiot tweet. Um, but I think that there are people who view it like that, right? So when I think back to the good things about, or to the early parts of the, of the arcade times, my arcade times, I'm thinking about friendships and I'm thinking about learning the games. For some people, it's that's not what it's about. It was about opportunities to take advantage of people. It was opportunities to say racist stuff. It was opportunities to sort of make yourself feel better by bullying people. Right. I think that it's probably early that this began. And I think part of this is the sort of might makes right idea of you respect people if they can beat you in game. Right. Too Which mu too much of it I, is that, right? I abided by. I mean, I think I think many of us did, but we that was a bad idea. I think that's a bad call. I think we have to be honest with ourselves and say that that was bad. We need to respect people because they're people, and whether they beat you or not is a different question. Okay, maybe now you respect them as a player, whatever. You need to respect them as people, and I'll tell you, too many times we did not. That was something that we had to, oh, we'll see if this player can beat us in-game. Maybe then we'll talk to them, right? Somebody new at the arcade. That stuff started early. And so I, I think that there's that that is something that has continued too much. And what that does is it, it makes it so that if you're somebody who doesn't, if you're not the best player in the room, you may think of yourself as, as lesser than other people in the room. And if those people are people who'd like to be predators, they are people who feel like they're more justified because they can beat everybody here, right? It's they get to they get to sort of run the show because they're better in the video game. And I mean, I think that's happened way too often, right? In fact, just just earlier today, when I was tweeting about some of these issues, somebody responded to me saying, I, "Who cares about what you what you say, right? You're just an observer, right? You're not a top player." This is the point that right. it's not about whether you're a top player or not. It's about you being a person in a community that we would like to be and you are therefore deserving of respect and we need to respect you and we need to make sure that you view yourself with respect and that the person who's the best video game player maybe is very happy about that but doesn't take that as something that empowers them to perform these terrible actions right. and, and, and too just... many of these people who got busted for for doing these things too many people who yeah. did the the bad actions they are they were community leaders because of this in my view i think this is a big part of it that they get to think that they are the heroes, that they're the people who are the sort of focus of this hero worship, and that empowers them to do really bad things much too often. I mean, just uh, not not to interrupt or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to add, I feel like that's actually probably the biggest, you know, factor of the misogyny in our community. You know, because women are rare, you see them, and then they... They're not great right away. You immediately discount them, right? And and it's that power play right there is is one of the most annoying things about you know the misogyny that happens in our community. That you I know, definitely think that happens. That happens, but I also think that it's more of a circle than that. Yeah. Where the misogyny is the reason that there aren't 
many women in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's 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 a it's a catch like, too. It's not as if people. It's not as if dudes in the FGC respond to women coming in by becoming misogynist. They are they're misogynists, and then there are women, and of course they're misogynists against those women, right? They already were, um, and that's that stuff that obviously we need to change. Um, we have prized. I've prized this sort of decentralized aspect of the FGC. That's been something that I've really enjoyed. Not just decentralized in, in the sense that there's no overarching governing structure, but sort of a laissez-faire attitude, right? Let them be, do what do what they'd like to do. You sort of more or less let people do whatever and you assume it's going to work out. And to the extent that there are rules, they're sort of like unwritten. There's like rules of the arcade or rules of the land center or whatever, right? You sort of let people do what they're going to do. And for some of us, that worked out fine. For way too many people, it worked out very badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in, in many cases, uh, there, we should have seen that stuff. You know, I, I, think, I think that we have to realize that we could have done more and should have done more. And that to the extent that this is something that's come out in 2020, it didn't need to be. It could have come out. And in some cases, people tried to say things earlier. I've, you know, that's something that people have said in many split longer. So I tried to bring it out years ago, or I, I mentioned it, but nobody paid attention until now. And I think part of that is because we've sort of just been decentralized and uh, and had a laissez-faire attitude. And I think that that is, like in larger life, when you tend to do that, it, it sort of, the the culture sort of devolves into who feels like they're strong. And the people who feel like they're strong are people who have privilege and who can maybe win in the game if we're talking about fighting games in particular. And so you end up, I think, even more with more bad situations being possible. Um, you mentioned age, and you know, I was trying to think about the things in life that you can attend in which there are adults and minors commingling without typically there being guardian oversight. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that happens very often. And so the the fact that there are allegations of pedophilia, you know, that, that there was not allegations, I saw some of it, um, that there were that there were pedophilic acts. We need to reckon with the idea that we have put people into bad situations too often because we all think of ourselves as being players. I regularly see people at events who could be the age of children if I had had children when I was younger, you know? I mean, that that happens not infrequently now. I'm 37. I just turned 37. Um, I, could, I could have a kid who's 18. That's not so crazy. I know friends my age who have kids who are 18. I know friends who certainly who have kids in their teens, in their early teens. Um, and yet, I will see at events people who are 14, 15, don't have a guardian with them, and that... Putting those people into bad situations too often is part of what allows for these kinds of things to happen. But in the chat of the Best of Five show beforehand, folks were talking about Knuckle Dew. We'll talk about Knuckle Dew later, but the reason I bring him up here is that the first time I met Knuckle Dew was at Civil War in, I don't know, 2013, maybe. Uh. It's 2012. It was a long time ago at this point. I don't remember exactly. Um, my buddy Robin ran that tournament. He got sent out there because he was on Empire Arcadia and Triforce sent him out there. 
with no, he's a 14-year-old kid, with no hotel room set up, with no support structure at all. He was just supposed to fly out there with nobody and figure it out. And that's a very dangerous situation to put a little kid. No, no money, right? Just figure it out, do. And thankfully, he got to the tournament, and he didn't have a room. And I think Robin had given me a suite for some reason. Robin and I go back many years, and uh, guys there to commentate. And so I gave Do the other bed <laughs> in the suite. And if not for just like me happening to have this extra bed, who knows what it, where he would have ended up? You know. We, we too often have allowed kids to be put into these real bad situations. And we have to reckon with the fact that we, we've done that. I mean, we tried to come together to help Knuckle do out. But that could have gone any number of different bad ways. Um, and, you know, while that's an extreme example, I think putting kids into bad situations is something that we've done uh, way too often. So I, I, just sort of as an overall statement, I think that each of us has to be real serious about being introspective, about having contributed to a culture that allowed this stuff to occur. I, I, of course, these are things that happen in larger life, and so you know you can only control so much. But did the things that you like help contribute to this? Did the things that you did did was that a contributing factor as well? I don't mean did you specifically know about something that occurred. I mean, did some was some aspect of the scene that you thought was cool, actually maybe it was part of why so frequently there were instances of adults taking advantage of minors. I mean, we need to we need to think about this stuff. I mean, I, I've often I, talked I, I about... I think it would be real bad if we just got away without having this sort of real introspection at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this a lot in the past, you know, whenever I talk about why I got so emotional with Tokido during his speech at Evo, you know, a lot of it really just comes from the fact that part of me, sometimes I feel like I'm leading kids into their doom, you know, cause I'm, as a commentator, I'm making this hype. I'm trying to tell everybody how wonderful the fighting game community is. And I'm looking at the good parts. I'm talking from a genuine space that I love the fighting game community. I'm focusing on the good parts. At the same time, you make it sound so appealing and so alluring, and then you just end up, you know, like I feel like the Pied Piper, you know, it's leading, leading a bunch of people to their doom in, in kind of a way, and I do take a lot of responsibility for that. It's a thought that's crossed my mind a lot, yeah. you know. I agree. I definitely agree. It's something that we really need to think about. Um, as far as, maybe let's talk about how to move forward from this. Um, you brought up a code of conduct. So I've written codes of conduct many times uh, as a lawyer. I've written codes of conduct for tournaments, for some of the pro series, for teams, for Slack channels, websites. I don't know, probably more. I've written them many times. And some events, in fact, did have codes of conduct. The writing of a code of conduct itself is actually not the hard part. They tend to be pretty simple to write. They tend not to take very long. The things that you want to put in there are pretty general, so that as the as the group interpreting what counts as a violation, you're not too hamstrung, right? You can you sort of have a wide berth. They're not very hard. the The hard part is the enforcement. 
So I like the idea of raising awareness by having videos. I think that makes sense. We should definitely have codes of conduct uh, posted up on walls at events, right? These need to be things that are more frequently in discords or on forums as well. But the the raising awareness of them is nice. I mean, for sure, that's an important part of this. It, it, the enforcement's the hard part. Yeah. So you have to figure out a pipeline. You have to figure out how you take reports. How do you get people to feel comfortable reporting, even in the first place? How do you then take those reports? How do you investigate? How do you adjudicate? How do you then actually make some kind of enforcement activity stick? Whether it's a ban or what, you know, whatever it may be. That process is the difficult process. And that will require a lot of work. I absolutely want it to happen, but it requires and will require a lot of work because it's going to be, I mean, look, we are decentralized, right? And without wanting there to be like a strong central governing body of that, you see, there does, I think, need to be some kind of central code of conduct committee that, that is, you know, empowered to make these decisions. That will require a lot of stuff. It will require horse trading because some tournaments won't want certain rules to be there. They won't want certain things to be against the code of conduct or they will want other things. Some uh, <coughs> credit boards may want different ideas, right? There's like any number of parties involved or who could be involved with this may want to see different things. So it's going to require a lot of like politicking, honestly. But it's something that is definitely important to do. Um, as far as what this applies to, I wouldn't want it to just apply to an event. I mean, certainly back in the day, I can recall, I'm sure, you, you know, everybody knew that at the time, the things that happened in an arcade were in some sense separate from what happened elsewhere. So if you had a problem with somebody, you might say that you should step outside because fighting in the arcade was one thing, right? Banned, not good, right? Sort of right. against the rules. Yeah. Outside in the parking lot, you know, whatever happens out there is fine. I don't think we can do that. This, this needs to be something that is going to apply to actions that occur in a venue, in the hotel room, on Twitter, in a Discord. I think that we need to be more holistic about it because many of the things that people have talked about were not just acts of physical abuse that took place in a tournament venue. They instead very frequently took place outside of that they very frequently were not just physical acts of abuse. They were, you know, uh, uh, sliding into somebody's DMs and, and being real sexist about it, right? Or, or, or saying things that were harassment. There's much more that has happened that would not be covered if it were to just to be about right. a tournament itself, just banning people from that tournament. It, it needs to be broader than that. And... Um, I think that to some extent this sort of like governance idea will be helpful, but the the real thing is that it needs to be a change of culture because if it's just sort of a top-down impact, it's only going to be so effective and maybe not super effective. But instead, I, like I was saying before, I really hope that people view this as a reason to rethink, as a reason to analyze how you felt about, about stuff in the past and how you've acted in the past and to realize some of the stuff we've been doing has been part of why these bad activities have been able to occur for so long. 
So there needs to be this change of culture. Just changing the rules isn't going to matter on its own. Um, you know, we, we have to realize that we're a community of many different ages and sort of um, not just ages but maturity levels mm-hmm. and of, you know, different sort of perceived hierarchies of being a leader or of being a commentator or a top player or whatever it is. We need to understand that there's these sort of different weights going on and we need to figure out a way to hold people accountable not just in the governmental sense but in the in the cultural sense as well what do you think uh, sorry I'm trying to respond to some people in the chat here Yeah, there's there's very commonly alcohol at events. So I agree with people who think it's probably not a great idea to have, you know, after parties at clubs with booze and stuff. I also think that to some degree, that's a cultural problem where if the same jerks who are were at the tournament earlier that day are also there at the after party, it, it whether the after party is at a club or whether it's at a hotel room where there's a salty suite. We've heard stories of abuse in both of those situations. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I, another I, thing, too, also don't forget that the salty suites eventually become monetized as well. I mean, the bar fight at Evo are a direct result of salty suites and basically turned into an after party, right? You know, the most popular you know, salty suites are going to become after parties anyway. So there needs to be something in an official capacity. And again, you know, sure, there might be people out there who do do love clubs and stuff like that. Let them yeah. go to clubs. <laughs> Let them go sure. to clubs. But if it's a fighting game event, then a 24-hour venue like Combo Breaker does or just, you know, having a nice brightly lit space that has food and drinks but no alcohol. If you want alcohol... Go outside the venue and get some alcohol. But outside of that, just have a nice space where people can sit down and play games and chat with each other and just, you know, have tables where people can sit down and just talk, you know, and, and just make it a nice little environment for people to, 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 to just hang out, you know, if they don't feel like going to sleep at the time. <sighs> yep. Um, all right. Well, anything else to say about how you think that we could move forward on this? Um, so like I said, for me, I think the education is one of the most important things. If we actually play these videos on the stream, even if there's videos that are on the venue that are dedicated to looping some of these code of conduct videos, you know, that people can walk by and just kind of, you know, stop and take a look at it and kind of things like that, you know. Especially like, hey, if you're under 17, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's like a bunch of information and stuff. And, you know, make sure that you're, you know, you can, here's a, uh, it's tough because a lot of times on these stories you read, a lot of people end up in situations where they don't have the ability to contact anybody, you know, but. Yeah, um, well, we started off at the past earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm also open to the idea of even having like a miners tour or whatever a miners section maybe requiring that miners have guardians mm-hmm. i think just, these are things that we should think seriously about 
I would like to know more about the feasibility of that stuff. I think right. in some cases that may not be feasible. But and that's a really, I do think that's that's, we should be considering. That's a really good idea from Quago in the chat. Back of the badge to just have code of conduct stuff in there. Not necessarily the entire code of conduct because that's impossible. But like if you need help, call this number. If you need this, here's an emergency number that you can call that you know someone will be monitoring. You know, make sure somebody at the event is paid to, you know, be awake to monitor a certain number the entire time and just right, right. If, if something happens in a room and you feel like you're trapped you can immediately text the number you know you don't even have to text words anything that gets texted to that number you know will be kind of takes seriously or something like that event tip line exactly that kind of a uh, uh that kind of a thing would be good and yeah you're gonna get a lot of false positive positives you're gonna get a lot of griefers right. out there but you know what who cares? You know what? And if you do grief it and it's not real, then, you know, they can get in trouble as well or something like that. Right, but for sure. you have to be careful of that because then somebody could be trapped inside a room and then the person who's abusing them is like, I didn't do anything, you know, and you have to have viable, uh, you know, ability to look. And that's a hard area to, to get around as well, because can you search a room? For probable only with just that kind of probable cause, you know, is that allowed? Kind of a situation. I, mean, well, I, I think I think we need to be careful that we're not actually getting into law enforcement. I think for for legal reasons, there needs to be a separation there. Right. We don't have the power to do that. We're not empowered to do that. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that you could do, hoping to dissuade illegal activity that actually might open yourself up to prosecution right. or at least maybe being sued. So I do think that there are some limitations on what's possible here, but I do think that we could do a lot. We could take a lot of yeah. positive steps uh, <sighs> to, to, to nip this stuff. And it's not, it wouldn't be my expectation that like a code of conduct plus effective governance or effective enforcement would mean that we would immediately get rid of all the bad actors. I think instead what would occur is that some people who maybe would have considered doing some activity that's maybe on the margins. Maybe they get convinced not to. Right. But I still think that there's a lot of people who would do the bad thing. And at that point, I think we have to get them out of there. I, I like your phrases of things, that it shouldn't be phrased as negative. This instead should be seen as increasing the opportunities for everybody else, including people who were previously right. getting harassed or abused. Because, I but, mean, I, I saw some you know, people... That, that, that is... That is done by getting rid of the people who will not change their behavior. I, I hope people will change their behavior. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but it's very important that I think people get a chance to change their behavior. But there's a lot of times that people don't change their behavior, right? Yeah. And I mean, we that's happened just recently, right? Where it's like very obviously people haven't changed their behavior for like an entire decade. And so at that point, okay, believe them that that's who they are, whether they're pretending to be a heel or not. Believe them that that's who they are finally. And get them out of there. So I think that this is going to be a process, and it's not going to result in there being a, you know, safe, entirely safe FGC probably ever. Just that's how life works. But it also will be a little bit safer immediately, and will hopefully get safer over time as we begin to weed people out. Yeah. It's 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 tough because you don't want to turn into this crazy policing kind of thing obviously we've seen how that's gone but at the same time we need to do what we can to try to protect people you know 
we we've been at a place that's nothing, right? The, our our enforcement mechanisms have been almost nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we want an enforcement mechanism, right? It's right. not as if we have one and we want to get real stringent about it. We want to have the beginnings of one. Yeah, and, and, and that also by itself will have a significant positive impact right and and also to let people know that if they do bad stuff that there are consequences because right now there's just too much instances where there are no consequences and people are getting away with stuff like i said every time you get away with stuff it's easier to 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 up it to one up it just by a tiny bit every single time until it gets to a ridiculous point if people know that there is a code of conduct then hopefully you can get people to to second you know to, to to have a second thought to be like, wait, I shouldn't do this kind of thing. So, and one nice thing about having a code of conduct committee that can make decisions is that it can be more consistent, mm-hmm. rather than kind of the piecemeal situation that we've had, where right. one TO may ban somebody and other TOs may then follow. And sometimes it doesn't entirely seem like they're being consistent because they're actually just different people doing it, right? right. Like it's not like it's the same person each time. Uh, it would be more consistently applied, or could be more consistently applied if it were a group of people who were there for the long term. Uh, I think that that could be pretty useful, right, as a, as a way to make people feel as if it's not just that they're getting attacked. They're not just getting the, the ire of whatever individual person who then gets dogpiled on. It's not a dogpiling situation, right? It's just a consistent set of decisions that are made by the right. same people over and over again. I, I think that's the that's the idea here. Yeah, I mean, one of the tough things, like, some people are kind of talking about, uh, I, I don't know, maybe that they're not alluding it to it directly, though, is that, you know, if you do have a code of conduct committee out there, is that they can also become the victim of abuse as well, right? So oh, they, they can be perpetrators of the abuse, right? The, the people who are in code of conduct themselves, in the committee themselves, cannot be like above the quote unquote law. Right, right. I'm not that's not what I'm saying though. I'm saying that you know when let's say they ban a popular player for conduct then that player's fans can attack them. They could like then all of a sudden the code of conduct uh-huh, guys sure. get abuse cuz that's happened in the smash community as well. Like some of the It's been happening a lot lately actually in the smash community. Yeah. There's been intentional sort of uh, uh working together of people who were banned for actions that they took against each other right. to try to cast doubt on the smash uh right. code of conduct committee so that they can get back into things yeah no the we should not expect this to be something that's easy so all right let's let's sort of talk about the i don't know i'm not sure how to describe this exactly but i feel like there's been a lot of bad faith and disingenuous behavior out there and uh I think I think this is this is a perfect intro to it. So, the people who have been running the Smash Code of Conduct, SSB Code of Conduct, they've gotten so much crap. Um, one of the people who who works on it uh, just had to post up that she was just gonna like stay away from right. social media for ten days, or she's just taking a break. She just can't handle it anymore. This these are not things that you do to gain clout. These are not things that you do to get attention. That is to say, working on a code of conduct committee or coming out with stories of abuse that you suffered. That's not the point. That never actually works. Instead, those are costly. They are they they cost social capital. 
You're not building it. You're spending the social capital that mm -hmm. you have. And this is, this is part of why people feel like they can't come out with what happened to them sometimes because they feel like they don't have enough social capital to make it work. It is pretty frustrating to be trying to help and to get a big backlash about it. And I imagine it's got to be way worse to be somebody who's come out with an actual story of abuse that they suffered and to get crapped on because of it, as has happened. Just even in this past week, right? It's consist consistently happening even still. I don't know how you get rid of that. I think that is, that's also like a big cultural problem. Um, and sort of the idea of trolling people as a way to gain power is so successful that that's what our current president does, right? I mean, it's literally a politically successful idea. It's hard, it's hard to get around. But it's also really important that we not give in to that stuff and that we continue to fight to try to have a better scene. I know that's not easy. And, I mean, I know that people have attacked you. Certainly it's happened to me. I'm sure that's been the case for almost all of us. Uh, it, we are not gaining, <laughs> like, clout, right? Instead, it's, it's a grind. It's it's a grind of opening up Twitter and seeing an attack. It's yeah. it's it's a grind of having to sort of make a compromise with somebody to try to get a code of conduct going. Right? There's the there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and it's not easy. And it's not something that gets you uh, followers. Right? You're not. It's not building you anything. You are spending your own capital doing so. We need to do it, but that's yeah. the reality of the situation. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I've been reading a little bit in the chat, and they're saying that a lot of the people on the Smash Code of Conduct Committee are anonymous. I, yeah. That's a weird, like, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, obviously, anonymity is good to prevent the harassment, but anonymity also right. is bad because then, you know, you want to know who's the people who are enforcing these kind of things. You know, you can't. You don't want to be in a position where they can kind of hide behind that anonymity. It's a weird, it's a weird I'm not situation. Sure I think be able to hide behind that, but it's it, certainly what we have now is a worse situation in the larger FGC where it's just up to like one TO, like Rick will ban somebody, or like Walter will ban somebody, or Biggie or whatever. Like one of them will ban somebody, and the others are like, oh yeah, we're uh, okay, also us, and and. You're just sort of hoping that somebody will handle the thing. Right. And thankfully, they're good leaders and they've stepped up to the occasion. But that's not something to ask of them. Because, right. like I was saying before, that does, you know, it, that's, a, that's a very hard situation to deal with as the person actually doing the banning in those instances. Because it's on you as a, as a person, as an individual, yeah. rather than on a committee. And a, a lot of the times, too, it feels like they're, it's almost like, like one event ban somebody and then everybody else feels kind of pressured. Like if it was a committee and they just ban him from all of them at once, it's just a lot more comfortable, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, boy, I'm seeing a lot of dumb takes about cancel culture. I'll right. tell you that. Uh, I was streaming a couple of days ago and somebody came into this chat on this very channel and we were talking about wizard being banned and their position was that, Making Joey quit Evo was an example of cancel culture. This is a case of actual pedophilia. Do you understand? This is this is a serious case. This is not this is a this is something that people will actually go to jail for, you know? 
I can't speak to whether this itself is a criminal act or if there's still statute of limitations. I don't know enough about it, but this is a real serious thing. To call that something as flippant and stupid as cancel culture is just totally absurd. But I've I've seen... I don't know, is that just a stupid take or is that a disingenuous take? I really am not sure. It's one of those at least, maybe both. Well, it's like I said, I mean, I feel like a lot of that is just coming from the negativity of the overall presentation of everything. People don't like seeing, uh, you know, like, especially if you're a person who don't doesn't like accountability, you don't like seeing other people get punished for their accountability, you know, and so... You see it as a negative thing. This person was banned as opposed to by removing this person from this situation, it makes it so that that many more people feel comfortable with continuing being in the community, you know, kind of situation. And, you know, I, I would say it's probably just more ignorance than anything. I would actually think it's just more ignorance. That that they see it as you that you potentially taking something away that they can get away with. You know what I mean? And so they're gonna be mad that you canceled this thing. I mean, it's like I said, when I when I learned not to use certain words on commentary, there was a big stink about it, and I made a public post tweet about it. I was like, I'm not gonna use this. And a lot of people yeah. are like, Why would we take this word out of our commentary? It's part of our culture, it's just blah 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 blah. And it's because these people don't want to be held accountable. Now, for me, we're in the position where I was like, This is stupid, and I've learned this, and I'm never gonna do this again. I haven't missed it at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just... It's not actually an important part of your culture, right? right. Exactly. And and that's the thing. It's just, I just don't think... Pe there's just... A, a lot of people just don't like being told what to do and being restricted from being able to say things. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's just what it is. I, I think that's just what it is, 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 is people just don't like people being told they can't do something and so when they see someone else banned for it they cry cancel culture because they want it to stop so that nothing can ever happen to them i don't know that's that's kind of my interpretation on on, on it it's, so. it's uncomfortable yeah yeah for sure I, mean, I remember being a kid and i could definitely engage in trolly behavior i'm guilty of that a lot uh, back in the day and I remember the game. I remember the game. The game is that you can't admit to taking things seriously. Right. If you have skin in the game, you've already lost. Because now the troll, the other person who's trying to troll you back, they, they win, right? Now they know that right. they can attack you on a thing, and you now, oh, now you have to actually feel it. If you tell yourself instead that there's nothing that you take seriously enough that you'll actually feel bad about, then you're unbeatable. Right. And I remember that game. And, but and, and, and I grew up, and it's important to me to not live that way anymore. Right. Uh, it's super important to me, and I'll admit that it's important, right? Which is I'm already losing the game. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's important to me to try to have a better community. Super important. And that is something that can be attacked because it's a position. Yeah. And it, whatever the position is, it's, it's a position. Whereas... Yeah, I remember how it was to troll, right? Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> you cannot believe in things, and that's it's a hard way to live, dude. Believe me. I mean, it's on on one side it seems easy because that means that you can't get got, but on the other side it's really hard be, because you don't let yourself feel, you don't let yourself right. 
sort of live a life that you could. Uh, you, by not believing in things, by claiming that you don't believe in things, you are susceptible to believing in very bad things. Right. Uh, that, I mean, that's, a, that's a mindset that, um, you know, I, I had to some degree, I don't think I ever went as far as some folks, but to some degree, and I still see that quite a bit from kids today. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, by some adults who refuse to grow up. Right. And I'm just going to say this right now. Look, you know, obviously you and I talk about this a lot. And so people associate us with this cancel culture thing. And so every time we say anything, people try to tag us along with us, spreading lies even. So one of the people in the chat right now spread lies about me during the Best of Five show, literally said something that was completely untrue about me to try to get me canceled. You know, and like that shit is just, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. I don't understand that. Like, what is the point of that? You know, what, what is there is because again, they're, they're, they don't want us coming after them eventually, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get a rise out of you because yeah. they know that you believe in things and mission accomplished and, and they don't want to have to change. Yeah. No, he literally I, I said something that was a hundred percent untrue. You can ask anyone from the old days of the FGC and what he said about me is 100% true. He said I was on IRC all the time and I never was on IRC. Nobody has ever seen me on IRC on the FGC stuff ever. So what is the what is the damn point of that anyway? Seriously. You know? Like what is yeah. the point of that spreading that kind of lie to try to take us down anyway? Seriously. Well, I mean, I, I think I think I get the point. I just, I recognize it, and I'm trying to work against it, you know? I, I get it. But uh, I hope that it loses, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, some of this, it's just hard seeing friends go through it as well. Not just when I have to deal with it, but I hate seeing it happen to you. I hate seeing it happen to other people. Um, but I want to have a change in the community, right? I want I want there to be more people in the community. I want more people to be safe and have a good time. I want, as is the classic line, to just play video games and just smash buttons. And that's not how it is right now, and it hasn't been ever. The only way it's going to get to be that way is if we actually change the FGC's culture enough so that it can be that way, right? So that you can actually be in the scene and not be harassed, and not be abused. That's going to take a lot of work. We're not there right now. I, I will say this too. It's it's important. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but it's important. I think that people have a chance to show that they've actually changed. There are some actions that I think are you should, are probably just done, but for at least some other stuff, if the person has really made a change in how they operate, if they've really changed their behavior and it's really earnest if they have done so without it just being like a sort of transactional or performative thing. I think there has to be space for that uh, in, at, in at least some, some circumstances, maybe many circumstances. So I, I want to I keep that in mind, right, as we move forward. Right. I just think that what too often has happened is that people get chances and chances and chances. And that there's no actual finality to it. There's no conclusion to it, except maybe 10 years later, as right. you know, has happened, maybe four years later, right? Three years later. 
uh, one thing I want to do say... Those things are not the same as, as making a real change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, you know, some people have done it. Uh, I'm, I was significantly more of a jerk as a younger guy, and I would never claim to have acted perfectly. There's some stuff that I very much regret, like I've talked about on Twitter sometimes. I mean, never as serious as some of these things going on, but still, I, I regret. And I know that for that's the same for many of my friends, right? But we have tried to grow up and be better people and be adults. Uh, and there, there, there is and has to be space for that. Uh, again, I just want to differentiate that from the idea that you just keep giving people chances and chances and don't actually learn. Right. Yeah, one of the things I do want to answer is uh, Natface in the chat asked, um, you know, is there ever a chance that this can get to a point where it's 100% safe and everyone is happy? Never. It's never going to happen. And, and that's, that's not the goal. Not, that's not the goal. You know, we can't prevent this from happening 100%. It's impossible. But we can do our best to make sure that it happens as, as little as possible. Because there will be people out yeah. there that don't have any regrets or remorse or anything, and they will still do these things. And the only hope we can do is just make sure that they get punished for what they do. And, uh, you know, just keep it at a minimum and just try to make it so that people are as safe as possible. And that's not even necessarily true uh, to someone in the chat that said that uh, Logan had said his shit and never got canceled. That's not actually true. He did get canceled. Like, people aren't aware of this. But he had been flown to an event. Aren't and they? then he was uh, banned from the mic for that event. And uh, it was kind of a turning point for him. He, he started... I mean, more importantly, he lost a significant thing in his main career. Yeah, and he lost something very important in his, in his DJing career. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, he's for definitely sure. been one of those people that I feel like has had a good faith turn. You know, that's my honestly, view as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shout outs to Logan. I mean, seriously. Yeah. For sure. All right, man. Um, I'm not sure what else to say about this for now. Uh, I can't imagine that this is the end of the news coming out. No. No. So we may address that in the future. There's going to be a lot of work moving forward. Yeah. Uh, already some groups are getting together to try to make some of this stuff happen, or at least people are pitching around ideas. Yeah. And I've seen some of that on Twitter and some of that in discords. And My hope is that there will be some kind of real change, you know, some, some real kind of effort that we can point to that will have concrete effects. This is, cannot be another situation where we let it go by the wayside. Cannot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, um, it, it, it sucks to say it this way because it sounds like it should be such an obvious thing, but can we just all just try to be better to each other? <laughs> you know? <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if it's because I read something like this when I was so young. Or, I mean, because I was kind of a jerk when I was a kid, too. I was kind of an asshole at one point in time. I actually had the opportunity to move during high school. And when I moved, I kind of realized that I was an asshole to a lot of people. And so when I went to the new school, I kind of thought of it as an opportunity to reboot myself a little bit, you know. 
But, I mean, one of the things that I read a long time ago, and trust me, this may sound weird and, and trivial and, and very childish or something like that, but I was a huge comic strip fan. I was a big uh, fan of the Peanuts. And uh, there was one comic where Lucy asks Charlie Brown, why are we put on this earth? And Charlie Brown's response is, to make others happy. And, of course, Lucy responds with... Um, so what are others here for? <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I've held that to heart for a very long time. When I, when I read that comic, it's something that I've never forgotten. And, you know, as much as, uh, you know, as, like I said, it's just from a comic. But Charles M. Schultz, I mean, God bless that guy so much. He was the first person to really put that kind of view into comic strips. And uh, I've lived with a lot of that philosophy my whole life. You know, my goal here is to try to make other people happy to, so that other people can enjoy the fighting game community. And if this is what the fighting game community is, like I said, I've almost been tempted to tweet out, burn it all down. If this is what it is, this is not making people happy. So, you know, we got to do better. So if we can just spend as much of our time on the planet being here to make other people happy, it's just, I just... Stop look. I mean, that's that's where the maturity comes in. That's where the maturity comes in. The older you get, the more you realize it's not about you. I gave this exact talk to somebody else in the fighting game community a long time ago, and I was saying that there is no accident that in the history of mankind, when we first mapped out the solar system, everything revolved around the Earth. You know, everything revolved around the Earth because that's where we were. And as we grew smarter and wiser, we realized that it wasn't about us. It's the sun. We're all revolving around the sun. The earth is not the center of everything. And, you know, that's indication of how people mature as you're growing up, especially in your 20s, especially when you're a teenager. Everything is about you. You yell at your parents. They're never, they're always trying to hurt you. All this stuff, you know, when you're in your 20s, the man is trying to hold you down, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The older you get, as soon as you have a kid, you know, you realize the world is not about you anymore. As soon as you have your first near-death experience, you realize the world is not about you anymore. And that is where the level of true maturity comes from, is when you start realizing that the world is not about you, but how you interact with everybody else. And that is where, like I said, I think the true maturity comes from. So. And I think that maybe just as a final point here, I think that it's important to point out that this is not, as some people, I hope disingenuously are saying, that this is not about going esports. Okay? <laughs> the idea that this is that this is what's esports. Esports is pretty gross on this stuff. Do you guys not know that? Esports is not like a nice place. It's very <laughs> racist. Is that not known? Uh, no, this is about having our own scene be better. Right. It's not. A, it's about continuing to be the fighting game community, but a fighting game community that holds on to the things that are actually important and that make us better and that make our community stronger and safer and happier and more exciting, and not about the things that hold it back from from all of that not about the things that keep us insular and not about the things that make it so that we can attack each other and feel like that's a good way to go about living no this this is about like you were just saying this is about trying to mature as a scene mm -hmm. 
and not not about esports. Oh my god, how stupid! All right, anything else to say here? No, I I, I had my closing statement, so I'm good. Do you even want to take Sounds a break, good. or do you want to just move on to the next stuff? What do you feel like doing? Can I go pee, please? Okay, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll try to talk about some other fighting game stuff and definitely some other, you know, sad news, but, you know, we'll, we'll, there's a lot of stuff. All right. So. Okay, I'll try to fix the desync as well. I don't know if, I'll, if I can get to that. Uh, on my screen over here, on my local, it's not doing that, so it has something to do about the encoding that's being sent over. I may have to restart the stream. I'll see what happens, so, okay. All righty. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. Hopefully the audio issues are a little bit better for you guys on Twitch. Okay. Uh, to answer your question, Sweeness, definitely. Still a little gnarly. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right, all right. Definitely. There's not a lot of other stuff to talk about, but we're going to get to some of it. Knuckle Dude got into a major car accident. Um, dual Kevin, who my understanding is now lives with him, um, had a, just a tweet where he said, Knuckle Dude just got into a really bad car crash. Keep him in your prayers, please. The follow-up was positive, and Dual Kevin said, Dude is receiving treatment and is expected to make a long but full recovery. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means. You know, I haven't spoken with Dude personally. I've just sent him well wishes, but haven't, you know, talked with him specifically about it. Uh, that's, you know, for him and his time. If you if you'd like to, no big deal. Uh, but Dude then had a follow-up tweet in which he said, I will be putting my controller down now. Furthermore, I will step away from social media in general since I can't offer you guys anything anymore. Life is short and unforgiving. Call loved ones, make amends, go outside, and don't let social media consume you. Take care. So I guess the end of this, at least for now, is that Do is quitting. And, again, we don't know the exact condition. I don't know the exact condition, at least. And I don't really want to speculate on that. I think you can read this to mean that he may have had some serious injuries and doesn't think that he can play anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, that's obviously very sad to hear, and so sorry to hear that. Primarily very happy that he's around still, of course. Um, but, you know, it's just sad and unfortunate that that's something that he's gone through and he feels he needs to quit. Uh, just yeah. very I mean, sad news. I, I put out a tweet. I, I don't think anybody... Obviously, I didn't tag him or anything, but I don't think anybody was a hard guess that it was kind of about knuckle do. But, you know, he just had a kid. And when you go right. through an accident like that, look, like I said, I don't have a kid. I don't know what that's like. But I, my brother, I have nephews, and I've seen so many of my other friends. You know, like I said, I don't know if it's chemical or what. I don't know how it happens. But when you hold your own baby for the first time, like something happens. I mean, you saw it. Knuckle Dude posted a picture of himself holding his baby right after she was born. And yeah. you could see the smile on his face. And things change. And right. when you get into an accident like this, the first thought in your head, like I said, when you become mature, it's not about you anymore. It's about 
other people and what you do for them. You think to yourself, not, oh my gosh, my life is flashing before my eyes. No, your daughter's life is flashing before your eyes now. What it's like right. to have her grow up without her dad. And, you know, that's going to change the way that you're going to approach a lot of things. The fighting game stuff isn't going to be as important to him anymore. And he right. wants that makes to, sense. you know, he, he wants to be around and spend time. It might not even be an injury. It might be nothing. Yeah. I, I don't want to speculate on right. having to, you know, I don't want to speculate on why. Right. right. And, and yeah, I mean, like some people in the chat are saying, you know, maybe he is tired of all the negativity in the FGC and this is just kind of a, 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 a you know, I don't want to call it a good way, but just like a, a way to be like, you know what, with everything that's been happening, I have a kid, I got in this accident, the FGC is kind of on fire. You know what? I'm done. I'm done. Because, like I said, it doesn't matter as much to you anymore because the daughter is everything now. You know, obviously there are bad parents out there and stuff, and, you know, I don't want to get into a lot of that, but, you know, for obviously yeah. for those who try to become good parents, I've seen the same thing happen with Justin. You know, now that he has Harper, you can see that his whole mentality has changed. A lot of what he does has changed. Javits just posted a video of himself playing with his daughter and making her laugh. And my That's response so to that was, this is the most important tech that you've posted, you know, I've ever seen you post on Twitter. And, you know, these are the things that, you know, like I said, it's, it's important. Family is important. Kids, you having kids like that is important. And so it changes a right. person. And so, you know, for Knuckle Do, whatever he decides to do, I wish him luck. My heart sank when I read the car accident news. You know, yeah. I don't talk about this a lot because I don't want to make Knuckledoo feel weird or anything like that. But to me, he's one of the absolute most important people in the fighting game community to me, to me personally, because he is one of those kids that came into the fighting game community. He is, ah, uh, God, I don't want to get emotional two weeks in a row. Um, Come on, man. Go for it. He's, um one of the people that the FGC saved because yeah. the year that he won Capcom Cup for the people that remember what happened that year you know as a result he's so important to me because He's everything that is important to me about the fighting game community. Giving someone like that an opportunity to, to have a daughter, to buy a house for his mom, to see his sister get married, and... Like I said, I don't want to make this weird for Knuckle Dude. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, he's he's so important to me in the fighting game community because he's the story of why I do what I do. The reason why I do what I do is because of people like Knuckle Dude. His is the story that I wanna tell everybody about in the fighting game community, so 
I'm glad he's okay, and I don't, I don't care what he does from now on. I'm just glad yeah. that he's safe and he's happy. That's sure. all I want from him. Absolutely right. And it, it's his choice whether he steps away or not, right? Whether he puts down his control or not, as he phrased it. But he also wrote, I will step away from social media in general since I can't offer you guys anything anymore. And I take issue with that. It's absolutely not right that he can't offer us anything anymore. Whether he'd like to keep playing or not. Whether he can play or not. Whatever. He can definitely offer us something. And, you know, just primarily, I mean, that's him being a good guy and being friends to many people. It's... Being able to win a big tournament is, is important. And I'm sure he looks back on that fondly. It's not the most important thing. We were just talking earlier about how I think that we need to respect everybody, whether they're the best player or not. So I think that he, if he would like to stick around, he could definitely make a place for himself, even if he's not doing it playing. There's many other ways to hang around. And at a minimum, you can just hang out. You know, I, I have friends who don't really even play fighting games that much anymore who I still definitely consider part of the FGC, and they do as well, because we are, we're hanging out at events, you know, at fighting game events. And if Du wants to step away again, that's totally up to him, and I just, I agree with you, I just want him to be happy whatever he ends up doing. But if he feels like he needs to step away because he can't, or doesn't want to in any case, give us the good gameplay that we enjoy watching of his, that's not the most important thing. It's not. So I, I would love to see him still around. Yeah. If he'd rather not, that's fine. But yeah. I think it'd be really cool to see him out now and then. He's always welcome in any capacity, even if it's he just becomes Dual Kevin's coach. <laughs> what? Whatever, right? I mean, even yeah. if he's not, he, he could probably commentate. Like you know, I mean, he can definitely do stuff. But at a minimum, like he could just be a friend and hang out. Uh, but again, if he doesn't. Want to, if you'd rather move on, that's totally up to him. That's totally up to him. Um, I mean, my own experience, again, I don't want to speculate on what's going on with him. My own experience as somebody who felt like I could not play anymore due to my own physical issues, that was very hard mentally. And I'm sure was a major contributing factor in me feeling depressed for like a lot of the last decade. Because it became something that I felt was sort of a self-conception, right? I conceived of myself as, among other things, the fighting game player. And if I couldn't be a fighting game player anymore, that was a big hit to that. And so looking for something else to do became important. And I'm very lucky to have been commentating too, right? And, and to have kept doing that. That was very hard mentally uh, and emotionally to not be able to do something that I loved so much. So I, I know how that feels. And luckily in my case, I ended up feeling like I can be better again. I, n I never feel like I'll have 100% hand control, but it's much better than it used to be. And so I feel like I can play again, but more importantly, I think the lesson that I learned is that it, you don't need to be a player to, to be a part of the fighting game community, right? There's other things that you do that you can offer than just playing itself. Yeah. He has... He, uh, he, I, do, I absolutely agree. I think this is a great point. OG Geek says, I read it as Do feels he let us down and I hope he knows he didn't and never will. Yeah. 
absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I still remember when he got top eight at Street Fighter Four. you know, when after the tournament was over and he walked off the stage. You know, I told him I thought he was one of the best people in the country, you know. But if that puts a lot of pressure on him, that he feels like he has to keep doing that in order to provide us with anything, like you said, that's just not true. No. Knuckle dude. No, it's not. Like I said, my... <clears throat> my feelings on Knuckle Dew have... You know, obviously him winning has a part of that, but it wasn't him winning and what that meant to the community and that I love that he was good at the game. Him winning and being able to provide for his family and to you know, come back from such a low year for himself to have that kind of success is the importance of it. That yes. he was able to provide something to his family, that he was able to experience these wonderful events in his life because of fighting games uh, has nothing to do with him winning and being like, he's the champion. It's, it's about what the FGC was able to do for him and his life. And that, to me, is the most inspirational part of the story. More than winning. More than winning. So. Yeah. Well, and in any case, if he does retire here, I think he will be retired as one of the greatest American Street Fighter players ever. Yeah. Right? I mean, that seems like he's certainly on the short list. Certainly on the short list. Okay. Um, by the way, my buddy Daniel RGT also got into a bad car accident. Um, he is okay, yeah. thankfully. Um, but uh, those two things happen like on the same day or like yeah. one after another. And I don't know. It just. They're, they will both, they're both living, you know. But it just was a hard day for that for a couple of reasons. So. Yeah. I mean. Florida. I well, he actually, he no longer lives in Florida, but both from Florida, that's yeah. true. Both of us also have a former FGC friend who, you know, is terminally ill right now that I know that we both saw and we got a chance yeah. to say hi to as well and just wanted to, you know, without putting him out there or anything like that, I just definitely want to give him a shout out and tell him that we love him as well. So yeah. it's been a tough year, man. 2020 has been a tough year. It has year. been a tough year. Uh, thanks to DJ Blues for the bits. Much obliged. Uh, the only other community-related thing I wanted to bring up was a positive one, in a sense. And that is that Book, the Thai, the Thai Tekken player, put up a tweet uh, saying that they're back to having offline tournaments in Thailand, right? Yeah. And they had a Tekken tournament offline. Now people are still wearing masks and stuff, but they have done a good enough job at dealing with the pandemic that they are back to playing offline events. And that makes me really happy for them and, and for every other part of the world that is tackling this well. Um, I'm, you know, it, it's so different from our own experience that I'm not even jealous. Dude, you know, I'm, dude. I'm just very happy for them. And to me, it feels like just an impossibility, right? Like, I, like they are... Like I'm, I am, I have a telescope, and I'm watching an alien world that I have no 
relationship to. I I couldn't fly there or anything. I'm actually not allowed even to fly there, it turns out, right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm very happy for them. And I think that's super great. Uh, congrats to the Thai people. I'm sure it hasn't been easy. And to everybody else in the world who has been doing a good job. I hope that you guys get to go back and play with each other again soon. Did you see the, the, the tweet that I retweeted about Taiwan? It's like literally seven no. deaths. Someone said that they visited, and I mean, I guess I could just read this out because we've got a little time, but they were like, uh, you know, she just, she just wanted to relate her story of what happened. And then they said, you know, prior to the flight, reported my travel history, health symptoms, and the address of where I plan to self-quarantine. This determined my infectious risk level and thus the ease of immigration clearance upon arrival to Taiwan. Upon arrival to Taiwan's airport, I purchased a prepaid SIM card and provided the number to the CDC. They will use this number to track me during the quarantine and call me daily to check on my health. To leave wow. the airport, I took a cab. They kept track of which passengers took which taxi and to where. My, my hour-long cab ride was capped at only 33 US dollars. The affordability encourages people to take cabs and not public transit. The driver was also not allowed to pick up passengers after dropping me off. His car would be sanitized for 20 minutes before returning to the airport to pick up additional passengers. If you are staying at a hotel, the taxi driver will call your hotel to or prior to arrival to get you checked in. Upon arrival, you will be able to go directly to your room to minimize interaction with others. You are allowed to quarantine as home as long as your house has one bathroom per person. You can receive $33 US dollars a day during the 14-day quarantine period from the government. That's $462 total. Taiwan is meticulous and considerate, and with the cooperation of the citizens in, its, in this independent culture, Taiwan's future is not nearly as concerning as America's. Seven deaths since COVID broke out. It's fantastic. Dude, that's amazing. I, I don't feel jealous. I, like I said, that's, I'm very happy for them. That is excellent and very heartwarming news. It's like finding out that everybody over there has their silicon-based life forms rather than carbon. Like, that's very interesting. I'd love to know how that works. It's just like a very different... <laughs> where I live, everybody's carbon-based. Like, it's just so not my experience at all that I can't even be jealous about it. But I'm very happy to hear that. That's really great. Yeah, they actually... You're, you're not know, jealous. It's just, I feel so removed. I don't know. I'm living it. But, like, I, it's Dude, just, I just... This whole thing has done very weird things to all of us, I'm sure. And for me, I have begun to feel removed even though i'm living in the county that has the most cases in the u.s right now in los angeles county um and we're still absolutely taking it seriously let me let me tell you I just, I... Uh, we're not going outside but i'm like this is the life and i don't know what to do about it i think that's how, just how it is how I, I don't know i'm in a weird mind space about it now how did wearing a mask become a political thing it's ah. Oh. It drives me nuts. In fact, yeah. wow. I, I, I lied to people because I said I was going to stream on Monday and everything, and I didn't stream yesterday because, again, uh, my sleep schedule is messed up. I'll be 100% honest. I'm just not waking up in time to start my stream at the time that I want to. 
but I plan to. I, I played halfway through Resident Evil 7, and since Resident Evil 8 is coming out, I kind of want to finish Resident Evil 7. And so yeah. I actually thought it would be kind of appropriate if I did, like, I might do that Thursday or Friday, potentially, just do like a 12-hour stream where I just finish the rest of the game, because I'm like halfway through it, it probably won't take that long. But I'm going to do it because it's Biohazard, I'm going to wear a mask the entire stream. I'm just going to wear a mask the entire stream, and you know, I'm not going to die of hypoxia, I'm not going to have any trouble breathing, I'm just going to wear a mask the entire stream, and I'm going to talk with people and just show people that... There's nothing wrong with this, dude. It's not even a problem. It's not even a problem. I don't know why anybody's even talking about, oh, carbon too. Oh, I'm going to be, you know, accidentally inhaling too much CO2. Oh, you're going to suffer uh, from my part of the death cult. It's like, um, come on, Mr. dude. Mr. Nepdep says that you work in West Hollywood and people still get offended when I tell them to back up away from the counter. Yeah, I live in Hollywood and I notice people here are not wearing masks as much anymore. I went for a walk yesterday evening by myself. And I wear the mask because I'm walking, just, I don't know, in case. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be near anybody else, but I see more often now, people are not even wearing a mask doing that. I walked by a coffee shop. Everybody's just, I don't know, five or six people just sitting at the coffee shop chatting yeah. with each other right next to each other. Yeah. Our county has the most cases in the country. And I, that's how it is. I, I just, I've mentioned this before, but... I would say my primary feeling as an adult about the way things are going in my life is that it's Ragnarok. And I know the outcome. It's already been written. And I kind of know like which gods live or die and whether I'm going to live or... You know, it's all or preordained. But I still have to do the thing. I still have to play my part. And my part, as I conceive it, is to be somebody who's fighting to try to make things better. Um, and I think you can tell how I think that's going to work out. But it's nevertheless my role to try to... I'm wearing a mask, and I'm trying to agitate to have better rules, and yada, yada. I don't know if that's going to have any difference at all, but it's something that I have to do. That's my, that's my thought about yeah. the world. It's not very optimistic. <laughs> yeah, honestly, all I, right. I don't understand it at all. I don't understand it, so... Pretty gnarly. Yeah, I mean, it's technically against the rule. Well, it's against the law to not wear a mask in public spots. But the hell is wrong with this thing? you know, whatever. Uh, there's a tiny bit of game news. It's kind of cool, though. Have you heard of S Arcade? I did. I, I saw, they tagged me in the tweet. I haven't looked into it yet, so I haven't actually retweeted it or anything like that because I don't know what it's all about yet. So I haven't looked into it. Uh, what's okay. The, well, what's I the looked at the yeah, I looked at the video that they had, and it's online play for a bunch of old games, games including CBS Two, Alpha Three Upper, Project Justice, Marvel Two, Puzzle Fighter, Power Stone, and quite a few others. Uh, that sounds cool. So check it out. S R K. That is S R K A D E. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy with what they've done with Smash. And with what people are doing with all these emulators and stuff like that, yeah. I feel like, you know, considering the fact that we had the golden age of, you know, Ultimore in Street Fighter V, like, at this point in time, I'd be okay if all devs just released their games with no netcode at all, 
and then we just relied on the people to give us the net code. <laughs> I would yep. definitely uh, trust that more than than what's going on. So, correct. Because people are talking about melee as just like they're saying it's great, and you know, super cool. They're even trying to make MVC three playable online, and I know yeah. the Samurai Showdown community is has been using the Parsec stuff, and now they're trying to port it over to Tekken stuff as well. So, mm -hmm. man, it's crazy. It's a great set of ideas. I'm happy about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's all I got. Yep. Uh. So it's been a weird week. I don't know. Do you want to? Talk about how your week's been. Uh, I mean, the only thing I'll add is that uh, the new season of Teppen is out. The new oh, yeah. hero has been added. A bunch of new cards are out there. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's pretty cool so far. I'm, I'm happy with it because the last three seasons, because there were no patches or changes or anything like that, were very action card focused. And the new mechanic that they've added this time is very unit focused. And so we're kind of curbing that a little bit. I will okay. say this though, I freaking hate green, and all the green apologists out there can 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 honk a dongle, and you know everybody out there has been crying about purple, purple, purple all the time. Every time they cried about purple, it's always one particular deck archetype. But with green, it's like everything with green is a pain in the butt. The new hero art, the new hero arts for feline are super frustrating to deal with, and. Uh, the thing I will say about green, and I'm the only reason why I'm saying this is because I'm a harbinger of, of truth, okay? There's been too much about this anti-purple stuff going on here when green has seriously been the problem this entire time. People need to wake up and see that green is the problem. Green might not be tier one every single time, but they are the cable. They are the old Sagat of Tepin. If you cannot beat green, you cannot be a tier one deck. The only way you could be a tier one deck is if you can beat green. So, wake up, sheeple! <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you one thing though. Uh, I still really enjoy Teppin, and it's really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things, and really, it's good. It's like even playing uh, different fighting games is good. Playing these different genres helps a lot because I've been using nothing but top tier decks for the past like two seasons. And this season, a bunch of new interesting cards came out. Very similar to how Forigan was a long time ago. There's these little cute purple chess set cards that you can actually try to pair with each other. It's very gimmicky. It sucks. Okay, like I don't know if people have found a better way to make it work or not. I've been trying to play it and all of a sudden I've been having the trouble winning again and like I'm losing to others and I was like... I remember how much this this sucked playing mid-tier decks. Screw this. And so Kyle P has helped me create a top t a higher tier deck and I'm having more fun again. So, you know, just pick a top tier. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a lot of Mortal. I've been picking up RoboCop and I am having a blast because Wait, he's... Wait, RoboCop? I thought RoboCop. I thought they added Sagat into the game. Oh, Sagat's in Yeah, Variation 2 is Sagat for sure. <laughs> uh, he is a very fun zoner, and you get to do a lot of fun callouts, and he's actually pretty good up close, too. So I think Variation 2 is definitely good. If you'd like to play a good Sagat in this generation of games, it's definitely in Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. 
But I also think that his others are really fun. He's got a command grab one, and he's got like an unblockable setup kind of one. And I need to do a lot of work. I was If you go back on this stream and watch the archives from when I was streaming earlier today, it's not pretty. I think I lost every single match except for the last one. Right. Uh, but, uh, with Variation 3. But it's a lot of fun, and I'm working on it, and I think that there could be strength there. Like, I think it's it's going to be fun to find out. So I'm having a lot of fun playing that right now, actually. Um... Yeah, the rumor is that Microsoft is looking to buy WB Games. Yeah, I was actually just looking that up. I was just looking that, that up. It was a report. And in the report that I read, I, I heard about it from somebody who works at NetherRealm Studios. And they were upset that in that report, NetherRealm was actually the fourth developer mentioned. It was like, whoever makes the Arkham games. You know, it was like three <laughs> other studios. Then it was, oh, and also NetherRealm. They were like, what? How's Mortal Kombat not like the main one? Oh, dude, OG Geek is so right. If that happens... Having an MK cross KI, MKI, having an MKI game, Mortal Kombat Killer Instinct would be kind of ridiculous, actually. Could be cool. Could be cool. <laughs> oh, All right. So sorry, well, anime lover, you're still on my shit list right now. But you know. <laughs> and. Also, shout out to everybody who's been trying to good work to do good work out there. Shout out to everybody who's been trying to help the scene. Shout out to everybody who has been met with a lot of backlash because of that. Yeah, um, I mean, people what... who are stepping away from social media or from streaming as a result. Uh, you know, hard. It's hard to say keep it up, but I hope that they keep it up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if if they step back. And they don't want to do it anymore. I absolutely understand because I know that they get a lot of crap. And but I hope that they keep it up because we need people to keep it up. Right. And just just as another little message out there, you know, in in the course of all of this that's been happening, uh, there have definitely been a, a couple of false accusations out there, and mm -hmm. um, you know. It it hurts everybody. Yeah. It hurts everybody, and especially the actual victims. You know, while, however, that is still not an excuse for you to... One false accusation does not erase 30 to 40 truthful accusations. And that one false accusation is not an excuse for you to go and doubt everything that happens. When you tell a, a woman or whoever uh, is a victim that you believe them, you know, it's important to understand that it's not like I just blindly believe you and the other person is garbage right away. It's that you are saying that you understand the situation that they're coming from and you're going to wait until, you know, more is developed and more understanding. But the harm is if you discount everybody's story right away. That's the most damaging thing. And false accusations create that. And that's, like, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough thing. Like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't. Yeah. Please don't. Thanks to Sour Gretel for the bits. Much obliged out there. All right, well, that may be it for this week. It's a pretty tough week. Yeah. We'll see how this next week is. 
So this last one already felt like an entire month to me, so I'll see you in two months when next week's show occurs. Yeah, exactly. It's a... It's a fun week. It's a fun week, and it's not going to get any... It's not, it's not going to calm down, I don't think. But, again, do not see it as a bad thing. When If anybody ever says to you, can't we just get back to normal... That is not what we want because the normal wasn't good. <laughs> let's, let's move to something better. And, and we're on our way to doing that, I think. I hope so. All right, bud. All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. Take care and stay safe. Wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. And uh, in the words of Rufus, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Oh, that roof sounds like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you said that. Okay. I see where you're. All right. All right. Bird.